right, well, welcome to the One Amigo to Another Fantasy Football Podcast. This is show number six. It's Wednesday, September 12th. I'm your host and commissioner, Nathan Tilbury, and I'm here with my co-host, Bill Burns, a two-time champion of the league and a, a huge Bears fan, uh, Bill. Um, well, anyway, uh, welcome, Bill. Welcome, Nathan, and welcome, uh, One Amigo, to another uh, fantasy football league. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad, to, uh, you know, it's just the two of us this week, because um, I know we have a lot to go over, um, it being the first um, official week, finally, of fantasy football, so, you know, lots to cover. Um, lots to go over, and, and then so hopefully we plan on maybe having a, <clears throat> a guest maybe next <clears throat> week or or the week after that. Um, but I'm excited to have you on again today, and it looks like it's kind of this full um, podcast show that, that we've kind of been waiting for. So I'm excited for um, today. Um, although I don't know how excited you were after Sunday night. Are you, are you feeling okay after that that game on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling okay. Uh, <laughs> I have a uh, conspiracy theory that I uh, <laughs> want to uh, go over with you maybe later on in a broadcast. But uh, that sounds good. Uh, I, I did survive, and uh, luckily, you know, it's it's a sixteen game season, and it was only one game, so uh, we do get to play them again. That's true, and and the worst thing, you know, it could be worse. You know, you could have been a Lions fan on Monday night. You know, or you could yeah. have been a Bills fan, and although I don't think there's many left of them anyway. But, um, but yeah, yeah, well, it's it's good to hear you survived, and they, they played well. So you, it's not like they got blown out and it was just awful. So um, a lot of good things they did in the, in the game. So, um, so yeah, if we have time at the end, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts, too, about that, um, being a Bears fan and everything. So, all right, well, perfect. Um, today's podcast will hit our usual four downs. Um, then we'll start debuting a couple new regu- uh, regular segments on the show. Uh, so we'll start with a week one recap, kind of go over the um, scores for the week, touch on some high scores, um, some players that, that, that performed really well, and then uh, we'll go right into um, another new segment, and we'll talk about um, the ghost of Anquan Bolden and a, um, a segment that, that we'll go over some start and, and sit decisions, and we'll kind of give out our bench MVP um, for the league. Um, so some decisions that people just left out on their bench and, and uh, just watch guys just go off and didn't help them at all on their fantasy team. Um, after we get done with, with that, um, we'll do the waiver wire review, and I, um, and I think we're going to call this the uh, Christmas in Week 1. Um, so all those people that went shopping thinking that they're going to get the next greatest thing and how much they spent and who lost out on certain players. So maybe people that were waiting, you know, around the corner, um, on black Friday and didn't get what they wanted and, and, um, and maybe who did and then how much it cost them. So we'll kind of do that. And then if there's time left at the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit about week two and just kind of go over who's playing who, um, next week. And then we'll wrap up the show and and talk about uh, next week already. So, um, Bill, you uh, sound good. And you ready to dive in? I'm ready to dive in. Perfect. All right. Well, let's start with four downs. So it's kind of obviously our news and notes from around the NFL. Uh, this time I'll read a headline for you, Bill. Um, I think we'll comment um, pretty quickly, and then we'll move on to the next down. So for first down, I thought we'd start off first down, um, you know, by talking about the Le'Veon Bell situation, but... Uh, to be honest, I, I think I'm kind of done talking about that. Um, I don't think anybody really knows what's going on, when he's going to report. Um, I think he only knows and maybe his agent knows 
and and that's about it. He could be next week. It could be by the end of September, by week 10 is what everybody's kind of thinking now since he really just flat out said, no, I'm good on the 855000 Um And so who knows when he's going to... Um, when he's going to come back. So, um, so before we, we kind of talk about that, I'll just I'll throw a quick question for you and then we'll move on. Um, when do you think he'll be back? Well, I'll tell you what, that uh, backup, uh, I can't remember his first name, but Connor. Yeah. Uh, he had a pretty good game. And I would think that after seeing his backup play so well, he may reconsider uh, waiting. 10 weeks before he comes back yeah. uh, by then they may not want him back yeah that's true and and so yeah his he did play well i i, I kind of luckily picked up that uh, running back uh last week and and thought i overpaid for him and and actually i probably didn't pay i'm glad i paid what i did because i know i would have had to pay a lot more you know if he was in this week's waivers and so yeah he did very well for me this week and i, I started him with a little bit of confidence and yeah, moving forward. Um, you know, I don't think the Steelers are, are going to miss him too much if this guy keeps playing that way. So anyway, I think we already spent even more time than I wanted to on that. So, uh, I know I went on, I went a little off script, but, um, anyway, let's also talk, uh, while we're still on first down real fast, just about Monday night football games and just, just the ineptitude from the lions and from the Raiders. I mean, both teams were just awful. And so I don't know if you have to be pretty concerned if you're a Lions fan with just that defense. And yet again, they literally cannot run the football. And, and it was just just kind of just sad to watch sometimes. Um, and then you go to the later game with the Raiders, who just looked lost on both sides of the ball. Derek Carr just looks just like an average to below average quarterback who's making a lot of money. And then obviously, I think they'd probably like that trade back um, that they already made with... Um, with the bears because their defense just had no pressure at all. So, um, you know, what, what would you think of the, the Monday night games and, and maybe those two teams moving forward? Yeah, I agree with you. That lions uh, game, uh, again, uh, and even going back from last year, they cannot run the ball. They mm -hmm. do not have a legitimate ball carrier. Uh, and that's, that's, that's hurting them. Um, Excuse me. The uh, Raiders game, boy, I'll tell you that. I kind of wonder just how much that trade uh, really affected the whole ball club because mm -hmm. they looked, they did just look terrible on both sides of the ball. In fact, all three uh, phases of the game, yep. they just looked like they were uh, two steps behind uh, the Rams, and they were they weren't in it from from the kickoff. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And it, it just looks like the whole John Gruden thing already is going to blow up in their faces. And it's been one game and $100 million later, you know, <laughs> and 10 years of, of this. And I don't see how he lasts more than a year or two. And then now they're, they're talking about that they are bringing Bartavius Bryant back after they cut him because now he's not going to serve a suspension. And it's like, just what is going on in that organization? And so I think it's great. I love it because I, I cannot stand the Raiders. So, you know, any kind of, um, you know, turmoil for them is great. And it happens to be with John Gruden, which is even better. And so I'd love to just watch that whole thing just crash and burn. Yeah, I've never so. been much of a Raiders fan myself. But yeah. They sure, they sure look pretty poor. Yeah, exactly. And so who knows if you want any 
part of that offense and defense at all moving forward. So, um, but yeah, so let's move on. Let's move on to second down. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, AKA uh, Ryan Fitzmagic, uh, this, this Sunday, um, I saw the score of that Buck Saints game, and first of all, it's like, oh my gosh, where what happened to the Saints defense? That's supposed to be pretty good. And then you start looking a little closer at the box score, and you realize that Ryan Fitzpatrick scored an absurd fifty-eight points in fantasy this week. And I can't remember the last time somebody scored that much, going back to Michael Vick, almost like eight something years ago, six years ago on that Monday night. And so um, I just was so impressed just looking at the numbers in general and how well he did. And um, obviously rumors are going to start to to swirl that he might take the starting job from Winston when he comes back from his suspension. And that will obviously depend on the next three games, though, because then they do play the Eagles and the Steelers and then the the Bears. And those three pretty tough you know, defense is there. So um, just quick question. Are you buying the magic from this wily veteran? Well, if you remember when he was a Jets quarterback, uh, uh-huh. he had his, his spurts. He had some games where, where he looked Tom Brady-ish and then other, uh, other times he looked like uh, uh, Bobby Avellini, you know, <laughs> old quarterback, uh, back in the early 70s, who played for the Bears, who sucked. <laughs> and uh, But, I mean, Fitzpatrick is, is always, when he was with the Jets, he was always that kind of one week he was on, next week he'd be off. and really wouldn't make any difference how good of a defense he played. Mm-hmm. Um, he just had that on-off spigot somehow that uh, uh, some weeks he could uh, light it up like he was uh, – you know, the best quarterback in the world. And then other times he was, you know, there were some high school teams he wouldn't have made it on. <laughs> but it was kind of funny to see that uh, in our league, uh, he was a, uh, you know, he wasn't even on a team. Yeah. And yet he scored the most fantasy points uh, out of every quarterback uh, in the league. Yeah. Yeah, that was. And then, you know, even the funnier part is that nobody picked him up and waivers either. So I think we're all about, you know, pretty, um, pretty well into, um, our thinking on, on, you know, Fitz Fitzpatrick and, and his ups and downs and stuff too. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out and scores maybe eight, 10 points at the most with a couple picks and, and, you know, comes back down to earth. But, you know, if, if somehow they're three and one after playing these four teams, um, you know, beating the Saints and then either the Eagles, Steelers, and, and Bears and only losing one of those games, it would be great just to watch to see what they really actually do at quarterback after that. So uh, that will be a fun one to watch. But, yeah, just, just so interesting to, to look at the box score and see, you know, Fitzpatrick at the very top of the list <laughs> with everybody else behind him after week one. And, and just to, he did, he just played a great, great football game. And that makes you kind of think about that Saints defense a little bit too. Um so, but yeah, but that'll be something to watch moving forward too. So, uh, but on the third down, um, I thought we'd look at a lot of key injuries this week and there weren't any huge ones. I mean, we didn't have any ACL tears or, um, you know, anything like that, but we did have some pretty significant players at least go down for what looked like maybe multiple weeks, maybe just day to day kind of things. But I'm going to quickly go through the list and then maybe you can tell me maybe one or two that jump out at you um, moving forward. So obviously um, we'll start at the at the top uh, with Leonard Fournette. Um, he left uh, the Jacksonville game 
um, halfway through with a, a hamstring injury, and um, reports are coming out saying that he's probably going to play this Sunday. Um, but again, it's a soft tissue, and it's a guy that's that's kind of been injured his almost his whole career, and he battles through it. So he's, you got you got to you know give him his props for being a tough guy. Um, so he, he's you know kind of banged up a little bit already for the Jaguars. Um, and then my guy um, Doug Baldwin, um, wide receiver for the Seahawks, and he actually hurt his other knee got rolled up on and so now he has two bad knees <laughs> and he's looking like he might miss at least at least a week or two and maybe more and so um kind of kicking myself right now for even drafting him in the fourth round but um, but we'll see how, how long he really lasts and then uh, Marcus Mariota uh the QB for the Titans um he has an elbow injury and, and they're saying that he's um, gonna be week to week and they're not sure if he's playing this week or not but the Titans just looked he looked pretty bad anyway uh, even if his elbow was good or not, he didn't look good. So it would be interesting to watch that one. Um, definitely a key one at the tight end position. We lost two of them, actually. So we lost <clears throat> Greg Olson um, for the Panthers and then Delaney Walker for the Titans. And both of those injuries looked like they were pretty much season-ending or, or you know, definitely the 8-10 week IR and, and who knows when they'll be back. Um, and those are definitely starting tight ends in our league. So, you know, two people lost some starters. And then um, a few other wide receivers with Marquise Goodwin of the San Francisco 49ers. It looks like it was a, a quad bruise, and, and he tried to come back and, and um, ended up not finishing the game. But he's kind of day-to-day, and they expect him to play. Um, the other one was Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver for the Bucks. Um, he's in the cushion protocol, and then his shoulder um, got, uh, got banged up a little bit. And so, um, he's kind of maybe a day to day, week to week. And, um, you know, we know how those concussion protocols go. Uh, it could be a week injury, two weeks, uh, it could be done, you know, by tomorrow and back at playing. Um, and I think a couple big ones was obviously, uh, Aaron Rodgers one. Um, and we can get to him at the end if we have time, but, um, I'm not so sure if he's playing this week. Um, you know, that adrenaline was flowing on Sunday and, you know, he wanted to be Superman, blah, 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 and come out and, and fire up his team and win. But um, I'm not sure if there's some kind of damage or, or you know, if he if he needs to take a couple weeks off. So that was a an interesting one uh, to see. So um, and then there was one more, too, that, that uh, I wanted to talk about was was um, uh, uh, Keanu Neal, the DB from the, the Falcons. Um, that was a Thursday night game, but um, as soon as he went out in that game, uh, that whole defense just um, was just a sieve against the run, and he was obviously um, a big part of that. So, um, looking at some of those, um, you know, does any of those really stand out to you? Well, uh, of course, the Aaron Rodgers, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm going to touch on this real briefly, but I believe I think that the NFL should change its rules about. Uh, people faking injuries. Uh, I think that the uh, uh, Packers realized that they were about to get their butts kicked at home. And so what they did was they had Aaron Rodgers, oh, my knee hurts. Oh, we cart him off the field and say he's done possibly for the season. Uh And then next thing you know, hey, he's walking back out there. And and they even showed him – uh, one play uh, where he was in the shotgun, took a snap, drug his foot uh, backwards about three yards, and then threw a, a 30-yard uh, bullet to somebody. And so my conspiracy theory is 
they told him, hey, lay down. Let's let's cart you off and make it look like, oh, our season's devastated. And bring him out there and tell these guys, yeah, his leg's falling off, but he's going to play anyway. So make sure the offensive line, make sure you block for him. Make sure you catch all his passes. Make sure you run the ball. and Just to hype the team up and get the team hyped up uh, to beat the Bears at home. And so... I think if you take a guy off on the cart, he's got to stay out. In fact, make him stay out for three or four games. Uh, I think it's just a conspiracy thing that they did just to get the team all hyped up. And uh, he should be banned from football for life. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. That's just, uh, yeah. Yeah, I see. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't uh, sense any, you know, bias or any in that in that take. So I think it's just a well well thought out take by you, Bill, for that. Um, but I, but I, I, it was just a, kind of a just a crazy thing to watch, and and um, it and it didn't make it any better too that that you got the the two guys on NBC just pretending like this was the greatest thing they've ever seen in the history of sports and it was just so hard to watch sometimes with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth and this wasn't even Aaron Rodgers best game and they're pretending like he like he, he was playing with a broken leg and and you know he's hitting game you know game one uh, home run in the 88 World Series I mean this wasn't Kurt Gibson come out kind of thing you know it was week one and and everything so that was kind of hard to, to, to listen to sometimes yeah, they did. They did everything but walk yeah. out onto the field and put a gold jacket on that yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't very happy with that. Yeah, uh, whole scenario. But. Yeah, but hey, it's great for you know ratings and the NFL. So you know they they just loved it and soaked it up. But um, yeah, but, yeah, but we'll really see because that one's a really interesting one to watch um, because it sure looked like he was done for multiple multiple weeks if not the season and then to come out like that was, was pretty, uh, was pretty crazy. So it'd be interesting to, um, see what happens on Sunday and whether he really plays or not. Um, all right, well, let's move on to fourth down. I think a little, um, lighter side real quick, and I don't want to touch on it too much, but, um, just the, just the whole ESPN Monday night football in general. Um, I don't know. I didn't mind too much about the new play by play guys. And I think, um, the, the new guys that did the later game obviously won't, be there you know all year because it was just an extra an extra game that they put on but uh, watching this halftime show thing was just was just ridiculous um bringing out some musical guest and showing us some five to eight minute concert on on some some you know a musical guest from the area or something and wh where is the analysis where's where's the highlights from the whole week i think we got maybe five minutes of that out of almost a 30 minute halftime show and then they're going to tell us that it's commercial free and everything well actually to be honest i would have rather sit through eight or ten minutes of commercials <laughs> than watch. i would rather listen to commercials though right yeah, yeah, exactly. The that they call music. And so I think their their whole thing is they're going to do this every week now. So I, I know that at least if I watch Monday Night Football, I'll have a good 25-minute chunk of time at halftime where I can get some stuff done around the house, you know, do some chores, make us, you know, make some sandwiches or something, make my kids lunch for the next day because I know I will not be watching the halftime show. So actually, I, I think I've now more I've thought about, I've put it on a positive spin that I, I know I have a good chunk of time where I don't have to watch anything on ESPN 
Um, and right. I can just wait right. for them because I don't want to watch any kind of musical thing. I don't know who they're trying to attract or, or you know, as viewers and stuff, but just, just stop. Give me some football. Give me some analysis. Cut this crap out and, and let's, you know, and let's get back to football. So um, I don't know what you're Apparently thoughts they're trying to attract the, young, the younger crowd. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. The under 20 age group, I guess. Although I think the musical guest was some female uh, vocal artist and boys to men. Yeah, it was boys to men and then it was a tribute to... boys to men like... You know, twenty years ago. Yeah, it was, and and I think they were making a tribute to Aretha Franklin. I think with with uh, you know one of her songs. So yeah, I get all that, you know, and I think it was a it was a pretty good moment. And yeah, let's maybe stick to you know someone kind of you know famous passes away like that, you know, an icon. That's great. Let's do that. Let's not do it for sixteen more weeks, please. <laughs> you know, you know, well, I don't think we need that anymore. Not with boys to men. Yeah, exactly. So we haven't been relevant in the music business in in, in what. 12, 15 years. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so let's see. So hopefully as long as, you know, we kind of know that at least, you know, we have um, a good chunk of time on Mondays, you know, between the game to, to get some other stuff done too. So um, perfect. Well, yeah, that concludes, you know, our four downs. Um, I think we'll move on and um, let's go ahead and recap um, week one. As we start the regular season, uh, we'll kind of debut, obviously, some of these new segments. Um, and so we'll start with uh, recapping some of our matchups and then give kind of the top performers um, from each of the games. Um, so, we'll, Bill, we'll start with your game. Um, you kind of put a kind of a, a little bit of a beat down on, on Gage uh, this week. You beat him 148.6 to 102.2. And then um, Phillip Rivers was obviously your, um, your high score at quarterback with 37 points. Um, so did you, um, looking at your roster, it looks like you – pretty much made all the right decisions. Did you have any starter-sit dilemmas heading in into week one? Uh, yeah, I was looking at, uh, at starting uh, Jared Goff at quarterback. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, but I, I ended up sticking with uh, with Rivers. You saw who, yeah, you uh, saw that they were playing the Chiefs and then <laughs> probably made it yeah, pretty I easy. I thought they were playing the Chiefs, yeah. Although... <laughs> that defense, uh, but... Chiefs played a pretty good game. They did. They did. They played and, really well. And uh, Gage's uh, defense, he had uh, a good one, wide receiver for uh, the 49ers, who ended up getting a, yep. uh, a severe thigh thigh bruise or something. Yep. And he didn't score him any points. So yep. I didn't get a chance to see the game, but I'm assuming that that injury happened early in the game. And, yep. uh, and, and that really hurt him. His uh, his numbers, his total numbers. So that's true. And then yeah, and then he had yeah, he had a couple just just kind of duds too with McCoy only scoring a couple points, and that's what I think what worried a lot of us with McCoy and that whole, that whole Bills offense that there's just weeks where he could just be non-existent, even though he's obviously right. the most talented player, you know, on that whole team, and and so just a train wreck of an offense and. And so, but yeah, well, yeah, but good, but you know, congratulations on the, on the win and stuff too. And it, yeah, looking at your roster, it looks like you made, you know, all the right decisions. No one else on your bench, you know, really did much. So you, you know, you played every, all the guys that you needed to, um, in your, in your roster. So, um, so yeah, so the next game was, was the, the game I had, um, I beat, um, kill ant 157.8 to 115.8. And, uh, the leading score in that game was actually, um, James Conner, the Pittsburgh running back, uh, scored 35 points 
um, for me. And, um, and then I also made kind of the move to get Doug Baldwin out of my lineup, um, like right before that game kicked off um, in the afternoon. And I put Jamal Williams in, and to be honest, he didn't do, <laughs> he didn't do much better. I think he got me five points in, in that, uh, that Packers game that, that kind of got out of, out of hand, it seemed like, um, as a running game you know, went. And so he um, didn't have a lot of opportunities, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it was, a, it, I did pretty well with, with picking, um, you know, the guys and obviously picking up James Connor too. And, and, um, and then starting him was, was something that, um, you know, I was pretty happy with. So, and yeah, that was a big move. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and looking at kill and he, you know, he just had some, um, some down weeks, from some, some guys and, and had, um, you know, you had Julio Jones and, and Matt Ryan who, um, who kind of totaled each other. Um, not very good with, with Julio going off, but Matt Ryan not playing very well on, um, Thursday night and, and then some other guys just kind of not, not coming up big for him too. So, um, yeah, so that was both of our both of our games and and wins and put the wins um, on the board in week one and uh, but the closest matchup of the week was the the Cannon and uh, Chi Town matchup. Uh, Cannon actually ended up winning by about thirteen points, one hundred and sixty to about one hundred and forty seven and a half. Um, and they both had uh, New Orleans uh, players who basically scored the same amount of points as the top uh, scorers in the matchup. Chi uh, Town had Breeze and then. Um, or Cannon had Breeze, and then Chi-Town had, uh, or no, Chi-Town had Breeze, and then Cannon had Mike T- Michael Thomas, and they both scored about 39 points. Um, so it was pretty right. even there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Chi-Town really, um, he just really got screwed by that Lions defense. You know, going against the Jets, you'd think that was a pretty easy call. Um, I'm sure a lot of us were probably looking at, at maybe picking the Lions up because of that easy, you know, draw with those uh, rookie quarterback at home. And he get five points from from them, and then his kicker's missing field goals left and right, and only losing by thirteen. And you know he's got to kind of feel a little frustrated with that, especially putting up you know one hundred forty seven points and still losing. So, um, so yeah, that that one was one that was probably kind of a frustrating one to to watch. And then he's probably sitting there Sunday night too. Aaron Rodgers goes down for Mike, and he's thinking, oh man, there's you know there's no way Mike's gonna win without Aaron Rodgers and then he comes back and and wins that and 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 he's also a Bears fan isn't he oh yes he's a Bears fan yeah man that must have yeah that's they just poured a bucket of salt in in a pretty large (laughs) in a pretty large wound for Chi-Town but I'm sure he'll bounce back because you know you still put up you know really good score um for the week so um, and then we'll go to the next game, which was Gronky Punch and, and the the, um, the leading scorer out of the whole league. Um, his team scored 176 points this week, and he beat Dolphin um, pretty handily, um, you know, because Dolphin only scored 117. So um, although Dolphin did have the higher score with Alvin Kamara again, you know, I don't see a lot of regression with, with this guy in, in this year. Um with the yeah. touchdowns and everything, he scored 44 points for for Dolphin, but he was really let down by you know Chris Hogan and um, and Alex Collins and um, and a couple other guys, and, and so it just wasn't a good overall week for Dolphin minus Kamara, and and got to give it up to Gronky Punch, the you know defending champ, stepping up with in week one, and he played all the right guys, and and yeah, he really just kind of steamrolled to the victory, and he could tell it was going to be over pretty quickly um, by Sunday. Um, with that one, so yeah, 176 points uh, for Crocky Punch. Uh, pretty pretty good start 
of the season for him. Yeah, exactly. It just you know every move he made was the right move, and um, yeah, it looks like he's going to be pretty solid going forward. And I'm sure Dolphin will probably bounce back, you know, next week with with um, probably a better showing too. So, uh, and then our last game of the week was was kind of a a little bit of a blowout too with Breezy scoring 150 points, uh, beating Mile High's uh, 83 points, and so Mile High had kind of the lowest um, score of the week. Um, just really had just a, a lot of duds this week for, um, for Mile High's team. And, um, you know, looking at his team moving forward, I think he's the one that, that kind of got hit by the injury a little bit, obviously, with Fournette going down and not playing the whole game. Because um, from every indication I read about that, um, that Gage looked really good. Or, I mean, that, um, that um, Fournette looked really good. You know, he's catching the ball out of the backfield. He's running hard and everything. And, and so um, seeing him kind of go down was um, was kind of a bit of a um, bit of a, a letdown a little bit. And, and so I think he'll, you know, his team should bounce back pretty well. And um, he had Jordan Reed on the bench too. And so that probably didn't help with, with Evan Ingram not playing very well and stuff. So, um, but yeah, it'll be hard to kind of come up from that 83 points. But I think he'll do you know, he'll do well. So um, anything jump out at you all at all with, with just those scores and the, maybe the, the leading scores and, and everything? Well, I guess the uh, one thing that kind of jumped out at me, uh, which we didn't talk about, was the uh, Denver running back situation. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, they ended up uh, playing that kid, uh, Philip Lindsay, yeah. who's uh, supposedly a... Uh, product from that area, from the Denver area, uh, and I thought that they would go uh, a little heavier with, uh, with the uh, uh, the kid I got on my roster. Uh, uh, Freeman? Freeman. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he played a little more than I had expected. Uh, that uh, Lindsay kid played a little more than I expected. Mm. And uh, Jared Cook, I mean, for as bad as Oakland played on all three phases of the game, the one bright spot uh, on that team was Jared Cook. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember how many points he got fantasy-wise, but I believe he was the number one uh, most sought-after uh, waiver-wire pickup in fantasy football after after the performance he put on. Yeah, no, you're right. So that was a that was a bit of my uh, my surprise was how well uh, after seeing the, the whole debacle with the uh, Raiders, how mm -hmm. well uh, Jared Cook did. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and yeah, and I and I agree that that he was literally the bright spot. It looked like Marshawn Lynch was going to play pretty well too. He had that you know that touchdown, but if the game gets out of hand at all, you know for the Raiders, you, you know he's probably not going to be on the field. And so after that, it was it was Jared Cook, and that was about it. And there's so much of this talk about Amari Cooper, and and um, you know I'm kind of glad it didn't you know, pick him and get sucked into his, you know, his, his web of, of this is his year kind of thing. Cause everybody does it and, and he'll have, he'll have his great games, but he'll have games like this. And it was just the whole offense uh, was just a train wreck in general, except for Jared cook. And uh, yeah, and we'll get into, you know, a little bit of the waiver wire stuff too. Um, and, and see who, he, who, um, who picked him up and for how much, but you're right. He was very sought after waiver wire ad um, this week, especially with, 
with a couple of the tight ends, you know, leaving with, with injuries and, and some of the tight ends not playing very well at all. That was a pretty big um, position to, to go after in, in the waivers. So, um, so yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for, for me was obviously, um, I already touched on a little bit, was Cannon and Chi-Town's matchup, just um, how it looked like it was Chi-Town all the way with Roger or with Rogers going down and then the defense for the Lions and Matt Prater missing field goals. And so I just kind of felt for him a little bit, um, not too much because, um, you know, because I never want to feel too bad for anybody <laughs> in our league for, for fantasy football, but, but you can just yeah. kind of see, you know, we've all kind of been there, you know, when, when just weird, stupid stuff happens and, and you just chalk it up to, you know, that's fantasy football and, and you got to go get it, you know, next week too. So, uh, it'll be interesting to, to see, um, you know, kind of some lineups that, that are adjusted next week with, with a couple of really duds, um, that, that we saw, you know, in week one with like Chris Hogan, not playing well for the Patriots and, um, and obviously LaShawn McCoy not playing well. And, and some of the quarterbacks that, that didn't play very well either, like Garoppolo or even Cam Newton didn't play very well. So, um, so it's nice to get week one kind of out of the way, I think for a lot of these teams and, and we'll see how, you know, see how we go moving forward. So, uh, perfect. All right. Well, that, that kind of concludes at least kind of our recap of, of week one, you know, a lot of high scoring, um, you know, weeks this week and we going to see if that really carries over to week two or, or not, but, um, but let's move on. Um, I thought, um, we'd kind of go over, um, kind of a bench MVP and kind of maybe some start and sit, sit stuff and, and everything. And I know we already talked a little bit about it, but I thought we'd call this, this, uh, segment kind of the ghost of Anquan Bolden. And, and we'll kind of highlight some interesting decisions people made. And um, do you want to maybe give us a little bit of the backstory of, of just um, Anquan Bolden and how, you know, he might still be hovering around you every once in a while in fantasy football? Well, Anquan Bolden was a guy <laughs> that I had for several seasons. And uh, especially like the last two or three seasons I had him. Uh, every time I put him in my lineup, he would get me a goose egg or he'd get me, you know, two or three points. And then every time I sat him on the bench, he would go off and get 17 to 20 points. <laughs> and so that was my uh, uh, my proverbial uh, albatross around my <laughs> neck every season that I picked him up. Uh, whenever I played him, he was a bust. Whenever I sat him on my bench, he would score, you know, a ridiculous amount of points sometimes. And so the uh, Anquan Bolden reference is in reference to what guys uh, we uh, put in our lineups and uh, and laid us a goose egg or, or just got us a couple of points versus the guys that we could have played yep. that got us uh, 17 to 20 points. Yeah, and it's always so frustrating to you know to look at your bench when that stuff happens, and and to always go back and gosh, why didn't I do this? Or maybe you you know you watched a, a show or you read an out and you know an analyst online and and they hyped this guy up, and it's like oh I agree with that, so I'm gonna do it, and then it didn't work out, you know, um, and so but you gotta think all those bad choices that you make. You also think of all the good choices that you made too, you know, and it always ends up kind of evening out a little bit at the end, but you know, you got to take the bad with the good sometimes. And yeah, and sometimes, you know, Anquan Bolden was usually the bad, you know, for you. So, um, I think, um, since you're obviously one of the hosts here on the, on the podcast, I thought it was just a great name for, for kind of just naming the, um, the bench MVP of the week. And so, 
for this week, you know, we're going to have to give it to, to Dolphant. And I know I texted him a couple of times on, on Sunday, and we usually check back and forth a little bit as some of the games are going on. And, um, you know, right away, you know, he can tell you that, you know, he has Kenny Stills sitting on his bench with 31 points and Emmanuel Sanders sitting on his bench with 30 points, um, two wide receivers that he definitely could have used, obviously, instead of Chris Hogan, who got um, uh, scored uh, 2.1 points, so just over two points. Um, and that was just two points more than you and I scored combined, Bill, um, you know, on the field this week. So, you know, he really got a dud out of Chris Hogan. Um, and with sitting the, with those two guys on the bench, we got to kind of give two MVPs out to, to, to one team this week. Um, you know, but when you look at his roster, I mean, you probably weren't going to start either of those guys over Chris Hogan and definitely not over Devontae Adams, who actually played, you know, well on Sunday night. Um but you just have to, to look at that and just, just grit your teeth and just kind of move on to next week. And if you look at his lineup this week, I think he I think he has both of those guys in and starting. So, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how maybe Hogan bounces back and, and kind of what, you know, those bench, um, you know, guys end up doing in the starting lineup. Because I think, like you said, Bill, we, we kind of always been there where we see this guy go off on our bench and we insert him in our lineup next week. And then, Bill, what happens? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Then they then they then they don't give you what what they did on your bench, and then you put them right back on the bench, and then they're ready. You know, they're ready. They're ready to score you points again. So, um, you know, so shout out to to Ant to Dolphin a little bit, and uh, you know, I know he he's probably already knew that this this award was coming. You know, this week. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, but I think so. This this segment every week will kind of highlight. Um, you know, a lot of guys that might be on the bench. And so I tried to pick some guys on people's benches from um, from losing teams or teams that kind of struggled um, a little bit or maybe could have made, you know, a significant impact on, you know, on their team if they would have been played and stuff. So obviously that would have probably helped, you know, Dolphant, you know, quite a bit in his matchup as well. So, um, yeah, do you have anything else to, to kind of add or, or maybe, with, you know, I, I, looking at your lineup, I know we talked about it earlier, but you played – you know, your lineup pretty well and didn't have a lot of, you know, um, starter sit decisions. Um, did, you, did you kind of see anybody else that kind of had a, a great week on the bench? Well, on my lineup, like I said, I put uh, uh, Royce Freeman in, Denver mm. running back. I had him in my flux. Uh-huh. And uh, he ended up getting me uh, seven, 7.1 points. Mm. But uh, like I said, they played that... Uh, that rookie, uh, Lindsay, mm. who I didn't expect to even be on the field, to be honest with you, but uh, he, he ate up uh, some carries from Freeman. And so I could have put uh, Mike, Wal- Mike Williams in for the uh, Chargers, who would have got me uh, 13 points. Yeah. So, but I mean, I ended up winning. In my game, so I'm I'm not gonna kick myself too much, but yeah, that, that's a move that I could have made. To you know, who would have seen that? Yeah, going into week one, though. You know. Yeah, and I think if you pulled everybody in our league or anybody else out there, they would have. They all would have agreed 100% with Freeman over, you know, Mike Williams too. So you know, there's not too much you really could have done any any differently. With that one, so um, I think you just chalk it up to some bad luck sometimes too. And you know, looking at my team too, I think I had obviously I put Jamal Williams in my flex instead of Doug Wal- Bug- Doug Baldwin, 
um, who scored as many points as you and I did combined too, because he did that and left without you know registering a catch. Uh, but then Jamal Williams, you know, the game script got away a little bit, and he looked good running the ball a couple times, but um, they were just throwing a lot, and he was pass blocking a lot. So at least it was good to see him in the game and not leaving on third downs. Um, but yeah, it just kind of got away, and so he only scored me almost five points. And but then I had a couple guys on my bench. You know, I had Chris Thompson on my bench who who scored over twenty points um, that I probably could have put into, but um, I just wasn't sure how that Redskins offense was going to look and. AP certainly looked great for them, and then obviously Chris Thompson looked great for them too. And so hopefully Chris Thompson can hold up because that's obviously his biggest, you know, thing is that he has a hard time holding up. But um, but yeah, that was kind of one for me. And and if I would have you know put him in there, it would have been even better. But um, like like you said too, I mean, it won the game, and and so when you win games and you've got those people on your bench, you just kind of move on. And, and um, chalk it up to you got to win, and, and uh, you know just go for next week. So chalk it up to experience. Yeah, exactly. So all right, well, perfect. I think that's a, I think that was a great uh, a great little segment on on some bench MVPs and and just kind of some at least some start and sit decisions that we might have made too, and um, you know that we struggle with it all the time. And I you know I probably tinker with my lineup probably more than anybody you know in the whole league and stuff too. So um, but it's nice when you get the win out of it too and you don't have to really regret a lot of those decisions so um, all right well yeah we'll move it on um we here's another new segment um and i think we'll, we'll kind of call this one christmas in week one or christmas in week two and and um and just kind of one of the most exciting parts of the week i think is waivers and just exciting on who to target and for how much money and you're kind of factoring in need for your team and, and playing time and, and how much playing time will they get this week or if there's an injury and the guy comes back now does this, this guy take a backup role and things so um and so it's kind of you know christmas so i think we're all kind of out there maybe shopping on you know black friday and standing in line and maybe who got there earliest you know in line and, and who's kind of at the back of line and they walk up and they you know they're sold out and you're gone and you don't get the, the item you want or you don't get the player you want maybe because you didn't bid you know enough money kind of thing so um so i think we'll start off by um by going through because we only actually had five teams who actually had uh or picked up players or, or won claims um this week so i think we'll start with um kind of we'll start with gage who, who picked up a lot of guys um on his team and he kind of gutted most of his bench at least to kind of pick up some guys so we'll kind of go through each team we're going to um Pick, you know, we'll go, we'll go through who they picked up, how much they paid for um, each player, and then as we do that, we'll also kind of um, throw out um, people that lost some bids or, or didn't bid enough money, and, and so they um, did not get you know said player. So um, I think we'll obviously start with Gage, just because he, he you know he was pretty active this week on the waiver wire, and he picked up uh, Philip Dorsett, um, Patriots wide receiver for twenty two dollars. Um, Philip Dorsett, who obviously out, outplayed Chris Hogan um, last week, and I don't see that continuing, but he was definitely a guy that, at least while Edelman's out, can be maybe a flex, you know, but probably a guy that, that might just be on your bench in case maybe there's another injury. Um, he picked up Tyrod Taylor, um, the Cleveland quarterback, um, who played really well in that tie. We didn't even talk about that tie, <laughs> but that's maybe for another show. Um, but he picked up the, the Cleveland quarterback for $61, and um, maybe just looking for some insurance, and you know, in the quarterback because he obviously had Stafford, who um, who just just played awful, and and so maybe maybe there's a tide turning on his team as far as quarterback goes. Then he's the one that kind of sp started spending some money. Uh, Bill, he he spent uh, 102 dollars on Quincy Anunwa, 
um, who actually um, uh, who actually beat out uh, Chi Town for it. Chi Town bid eighty dollars, so um, that was a pretty good bid. Um, you know, only twenty dollars or so. Um, you know, between the two bids, and so and then he also won Philip Lindsay, who who you just touched on, and he he bid one hundred fifty one dollars on him, and and Chi Town also lost out on the bidding on that, and Chi Town only bid fifty dollars on that. Um, so did you have any interest in in maybe either one of those guys? Because those guys seemed like they were at least pretty hot topics with a couple of people bidding. So the Nunwa for a hundred, basically a hundred bucks, and Philip Lindsay for one hundred fifty. Well, I didn't have any. Uh interest in either one of those guys and to me i think it's a little early to be spending a, a large amount of money on uh on wide receivers uh-huh. i tried to uh, get uh, cook yeah uh the tight end for uh uh oakland and there were a couple of people who were trying to pick up uh tight ends yep and so i bid 52 dollars and i wasn't even close uh, Chi Town got him for a uh, hundred bucks, and uh, let's see, looks like uh, yeah. But you, you didn't have any interest in in a Nunwa as a receiver or Philip Lindsay as a, as a running back. I mean, you're the Freeman owner, so you know I don't think Philip Lindsay's really you know the handcuff to to Freeman. You know, so I, I could see how having both of those guys would would probably just be more of a headache, you know, anyway for you. So. And that's why I didn't look at either one of them. Yeah, and so looking at you know at what at just at what Gage did before we move on to the next team is he spent a total of three hundred thirty six dollars and um, kind of leaving himself with only you know six hundred plus dollars for the rest of the year. So you know you got to hope that these guys work out. I, I like the talent that that Lindsey guy has, and I like Quincy Anunwa and probably the target share he'll get. But you know spending that much money um you know you gotta we'll see how it how it pans out for um for eric um right yeah so so well, yeah well let's move on to um, mile high and he picked up um tj yeldon um the running back for the jaguars and he, he paid you know pretty pretty good price for him 111 dollars um but this was obviously you know uh, insurance um for leonard fournette because so he's the leonard fournette um owner and so it, you know that was my guess that that someone was going to pay a lot of money for gj yeldon because he played pretty well last season without with fournette on the bench or, or um out of games um but he made a pretty good uh, bid because he beat uh, gage out by only nine dollars and so you know if he would have maybe just went a hundred dollars he would have lost out on the bid and and i think um you know if you're mile high getting gj yeldon was probably number one you know on his list because if Fournette's out, you know at least you, you can plug Yeldon into um, into your lineup for that. Right. So and, uh, Yeldon, how many fantasy points did he end up with? Um, he ended not, up with uh, fifteen point nine points. Yeah. Uh, which which isn't bad. Yeah. Anytime you can get you know fifteen plus points, especially from a backup or somebody you picked up on waivers every week, and and so you know he knows if Fournette's out plug Yeldon in if Fournette's good to go then Yeldon will be you know on his bench but he's got that insurance for you know basically starting running back for his team and so right. um so I, I knew that that he would probably be the one to bid the most and so I knew I wasn't going to bid bid for him and and um because I knew my bid would would have been easily outbid um by uh, by Chris just just because he was the Fournette owner so 
Um, right. Yeah, so then let's go to, to Chi-Town, um, who you just kind of referenced earlier. He did pick up a tight end. Um, he picked up Jared Cook, uh, Oakland's tight end, for $100. And um, off that just, just monster game that he had for, for the Raiders. And, um, and yeah, it, I think, obviously, looking at the Raiders as a whole, he was the only bright spot um, for that team. And so um, it was a pretty high bid. And um, yeah, and, and so are you? Are you really? Were you really upset when you got up this morning? Or were you like, ah, it's okay. I kind of missed out, but you know, maybe I'll get the next one kind of thing because that was a pretty, you know, a pretty good chunk of change um, for a tight end that that hopefully ends up being a, maybe a tight end one, and so maybe it's really good value. But but how were your feelings overall that you didn't get him? Well, the reason I didn't I want to spend a lot of money on him is because of the way the Raiders looked as a as a team and. And, and, you know, uh, all around, they just didn't look good. And uh, even though he was the bright spot, he's still on a team that, that didn't look very good. Yeah. So I wasn't going to spend a lot of money for Cook, which is why I only went, uh, I think I went 52 bucks or something for him. Yeah. Uh, and he got picked up for 100 Uh But, you know, if, if he ends up playing well the rest of the season – and has as good a week as he did in week one, he's going to be well worth that hundred bucks. Yeah. And the thing is he won't. So you, you, you don't have to worry about that, Bill. You didn't have to, you didn't get sucked into the rabbit hole because we've seen this from Jared Cook. I don't know if you've read any stats or anything, but this is what Jared Cook does. He has great, you know, week ones. And then after that, he just disappears. And so, yeah. you know, you don't have to worry too much that you didn't spend that much money, but, but who knows, you know, he could be rewriting the script on, on maybe on his career and everything. And if he's the only guy in that whole offense, that's even catching passes like it was, then, then maybe he's got that good value. But, um, but yeah, at, at least you know that you didn't spend, um, too much of your money and, and then you can kind of walk away, you know, feeling at least a little bit better. Um, about it, although I was kind of surprised that um, that Mike wasn't the one that kind of went after him. Um, you know, losing Greg Olson, you know, the, the way he did, I think he was he was somebody that I would have thought would have um, tried to tried to pick up a tight end too. So I, I you know, obviously he's going to have to pick up somebody this week. So that one was kind of one that I thought a couple more people would really try and go after Jared Cook with the way he did did look. So yeah, no, I agree. There were a couple of other teams I thought were going to try and pick him up, but uh, uh, that guy George Kittle for San Francisco got picked up for ninety nine bucks. Uh, a couple of uh, let's see, Gage tried to get him. Uh, Breezy ended up picking him up. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, yeah, that segue. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that there wasn't a big uh, push for. A bigger push for uh, for uh, for Cook, mm. but uh, yeah, I mean those two were definitely the top two kind of tight ends to go after, and so I figured those would be the two tight ends, and I figured it would probably be Breezy who lost, you know, obviously Delaney Walker, and then and then Mike, um, who right. obviously lost Greg Olson and. And, but maybe we didn't really know the severity of Olsen, although it looked pretty, looked pretty bad. I think he was already in a walking boot, you know, by, on the sideline before the game even ended. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was just thinking too, as we looked through some of these, 
I mean, imagine how much money Eric Eric would have had if he would have won Yeldon and Kittle. Yeah, you know, we're talking about maybe two hundred dollars more that, that that he would have spent, and um, you know, it would have drastically changed his his kind of whole team moving forward and stuff. But um, but yeah, yeah, um, obviously Breezy got you know George Kittle tight end for the for the Forty Niners for for ninety nine dollars, and obviously just you know straight up to replace um, Delaney Walker, and and so. I thought that was another, you know, uh, team owner that that was going to spend a lot of money on tight ends, and I had Trey Trey Burton, you know, Trey Boo Boo, who uh, um, who didn't play very well um, on Sunday night, and so, but I'm going to stick I'm going to stick with my guy, and so I, I knew that if I would have bid on either one of these tight ends, that I would have had to pay probably more than a hundred dollars, and um, I just wasn't ready um, quite yet. So, yeah. Um, but but I did. I made a, a couple moves. Um, I picked up uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who I actually dropped um, Sunday morning because um, of all the weather and everything that was that was supposed to be going on in Cleveland. I picked up Kirk Cousins, um, who who did well for me. He got me twenty twenty four twenty five points. Um, but then I picked up Big Ben right off right right away um, on waivers after this and spent fifteen dollars. So it was fourteen more than I should have spent because no one else bid on <laughs> bid on him. Um, well. But not only that, but isn't he uh, nursing a sore elbow or something? He yeah, and then I started reading. He's got a sore elbow, and and they're, and they're saying he he's he, he'll be good to go. He probably won't practice all week, um, but he'll be good to go. And um, and they're playing the Chiefs this week, so um, I'm all in with with Walthusberger and with James Conner and with Antonio Brown um, this week at, at home too. So um, and if he if he comes out like he's not playing then Sunday, then I'll drop him and pick up somebody else and and play him but so that was that was a guy that um that i was kind of worried i wouldn't get for 15 dollars. but but then again um looks like a lot of people are set on quarterbacks and stuff too so uh, there wasn't really obviously he was the only quarterback that even got picked up besides uh tyrod taylor um right. from gauge so um then i also picked up austin eckler um paid 65 dollars for him um again i paid 65 64 dollars more than than I than I needed to because no one else bid on him, but um, he's the running back for the for the Chargers, uh, kind of their backup. But he he got uh, ten touches and um, and so we'll see if he catches five or six balls again like he did last week and and maybe have some there's some value with PPR. And so that was a guy I was I was really looking to to target and I knew I wouldn't have to spend as much you know for him as as I would have for maybe Yeldon and um, and a couple of the running backs there too. So those are the two guys that that um, that I bid on and, and I won and could have just spent a dollar on each <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah that's kind of always yeah, the tricky you know it's, sometimes it goes that way yeah that's kind of always the tricky part bill right I mean you're you're trying to think how much people are going to spend and and obviously there were some pretty close bids I mean I think you know you you obviously alluded to um to your bid for for cook was was 52 dollars and to be honest that's probably where I would have went if I was bidding on cook I probably would have been about 45 to 55 ish, 60, maybe, you know, yeah. uh, maybe right before I went to bed, I might've, you know, upped it a little bit like I usually do. <laughs> um, maybe a couple extra bucks thinking, but, um, but yeah, I knew I, I wouldn't have, um, won a lot of those. So I think that's always the trickiest part and the kind of the fun part, you know, on, on, um, you know, Wednesday morning when you wake up and you kind of check, 
you know, you check your phone or you go to your computer and you kind of see how, you know, how it shake, shook out and gosh, so many times where you think someone's going to go for this much and they go for nothing or, or, um, or you bid this much and you only get bid out, you know, you outbid by two or three bucks. And so that's always kind of fun to watch on, on Wednesdays. Yeah. It's frustrating, you know, when you're the guy that gets outbid though. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we had a couple of really close ones with Kittle, you know, there's only $17 difference. Uh, yeah. TJ Yeldner was only nine, $9 difference. Um, and even the um, even the Inuno was was twenty dollars difference, which which if you start getting higher, you know, hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, twenty dollars is isn't really that much, and and so um, it is. It's very frustrating. But then if you're on the other end of it, where you outbid somebody by a couple bucks, um, you always end up feeling pretty good about yourself because uh, you know that at least there was you know other people wanted the guy, and so like my guy right. spent sixty five dollars and no one else. You know, even bid. So you know, what 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 was I thinking anyway? But um, but yeah, I think that's always just the really fun part and kind of the agonizing part, right before you go to bed. You know, on Tuesday night and you set it, and and then now it's like you just forget it and you you wake up on Wednesday and and um, you kind of see the results. So, uh, but it's still really early too. So um, I don't think I had any second thoughts at all about about you know spending a little bit more on these guys and. Um, and definitely, I didn't have any second thoughts about, um, you know, paying up for some of the other guys that, that got picked up with the tight ends and yelled in and the new one and the kind of the hot guys, at least for, for week one. So, um, what do you, what do you think? Do you think week two, we see a little bit more activity on the waiver wire on, on uh, next Tuesday night? Well, I would think so. It's going to, you know, pretty much depend on how to, how the week goes as far as, uh, you know, uh, Injuries, of course, is always a big uh, a big thing when it comes to waiver wire. Uh, say like Fournette, mm-hmm. if, if something happens where uh, you know his his injury turns out to be uh, worse than what they're saying, or if something happens to uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah. a lot of things could happen between now and Sunday. And Monday, uh, I suspect that the waiver uh, wire will be will be tapped into just as much next week as it is this week. Yeah, I mean it's always a it's always a thing, and I think with with our league, there's there's no one that's really out there that's that's a superstar, you know, that that you could go pick up. I think every week is just a different week, and and it really depends on injuries to either star players that that you're going to go try to pick up their backup or maybe it's a star player on your team and you're trying to get you know their backup or or, uh, somebody else out there is an up up and comer and and they explode for you know two or three touchdowns as a wide receiver and and now you know they're the hot waiver wire guy and so um so i think we kind of saw this week with, with fournette was really the only big injury to where there was a guy behind him you know, to kind of take the place. You know, I, I know we did see a couple tight ends get injured, but no one went out and got those backup tight ends. You know, for those teams, and so right. I think you always see with the with the running backs. You know, so we didn't really have any big, huge injuries um, this week, except for Fournette, and and so obviously T.J. Yeldon went for, you know, went for some pretty big bucks, and and so we'll see. Maybe in you know in week two, is there a big injury? And if there's not, then We'll probably see kind of just some some of the same things 
this week with, with just some uh, only a few teams making some claims and and everybody else just kind of stay in put or, or wait until after waivers is over and then kind of see who else is left that you can kind of pick up for free um, you know throughout the week and, and kind of stash and, and kind of hope too so I think there's always right. a bit of that um, as well so um, well great and then, no. the other, then the other thing too is uh, every time somebody picks up a player they've got to drop a player exactly so uh, sometimes those guys that get dropped uh, on some rosters, they may they may be uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They may be uh, disposable, but mm-hmm. they're they're gems for other teams. So yeah, no, I'm glad that you brought that up. I think maybe you know, I think we have a little bit of time now because um, um, to kind of go over. So I'm glad you brought that up. Maybe we can just kind of go through real quick who got dropped um this week and, and i'll kind of maybe highlight some players because um you know some defenses and stuff got dropped so maybe we don't need to do that but uh but you're right every time you're adding somebody um unless it's an injury to maybe you're adding to your ir and maybe you're picking somebody up but usually add drops means there's an ad and then there's a drop <laughs> with it so um right. i think you're right i think we, let's we can go down through the list real quick and maybe we can talk about maybe who got dropped and if there's any interest Maybe in any of those guys. Um, I know the the Lions DST got dropped, so I know you're clamoring to, to go get them. Um, so so wait till after the show before you go pick up the Lions DST bill. I, I may have to spend my whole budget on getting <laughs> on picking them up because now that we've talked about them, uh, <laughs> right. there's going to be several teams trying to pick them up. Exactly. Um, so <laughs> so who else? Uh, Jordy Nelson got dropped. That was a, that was an interesting one. I mean, it was Eric Marshall who who obviously dropped a couple players, you know, with the, with the yeah. amount of, of ads. Um, but you know, he's obviously, got dropped. um, yeah, I dropped cousins, uh, Nick cousins Chubb. Dropped, yeah, yeah. Nick Chubb got what was, was dropped for, for the, um, for the Browns running back. I think Hyde and, and obviously Duke Johnson have a pretty strong hold on that, you know, that running back, uh, field in, in Cleveland. Right. Um, Alan Hearns, um, was dropped. Austin Carr was dropped. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo was dropped. Um, that's a guy that we, we didn't really talk about too much. He did not look, um, you know, like cool, handsome, you know, Jimmy G we were used to, you know. Jimmy GQ. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy, G. Jimmy GQ. <laughs> he, he, um, he, he looked uh, like Jimmy, um, you know, Jimmy G, I'm going to throw a couple picks. <laughs> um, and and so they, they, didn't look, they didn't look very good. I know they have a good matchup you know, this week, but, um, yeah, he also got dropped too. So do, looking at the, at the players got, got dropped, do you, do you see any, any guys or, I mean, you can kind of keep it a secret too, if you're, if you're planning on putting some waivers in, um, um, I know we already kind of spoiled the lion's DST for you, but, um, you see any other kind of interest in any of those guys or, or were those guys, or were those guys that, um, you thought or, or maybe expected to probably be dropped anyway? Well, the, the LeGarrette Blount, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised he even made it on a roster. Um, yeah, it's true. Although in my other league, I had him, uh, and I actually played him. Oh, really? And of course, I lost that game. <laughs> yeah. And so as soon as the uh, uh, the waivers opened up, I just immediately dropped them. Uh, but there wasn't anybody on their on the drop list that I that I thought I would go after. Yeah, I mean, so I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay pat with what I what I got on my uh, team. Yeah, I mean, usually you, you see at least these first couple of weeks. I mean, a lot of the guys that are getting dropped are, are probably your you know your thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth round pick too. 
you know, right. so, so they're yeah. guys that you took a chance on, they didn't pan out. And, and then, so you're ready, you know, you're ready to drop them. And that's why you picked them in the 13th, 14th, 15th round too. So, you know, probably not a lot of value, you know, in any of those guys, um, you know, moving forward, but, um, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I think, you know, moving forward, um, especially now since we're kind of getting into maybe week two, three, four, I think it'll be a great idea to, to kind of also say maybe who was dropped that week too because we'll probably start to see maybe um, some players dropped um, in the coming weeks that, that were that maybe are a little more high profile and stuff too and not just those late round flyers that everybody took. So, um, yeah, so I'm glad, I'm, glad you brought, I'm glad you brought that up today. So... All right. Well, perfect. I think we'll move on to kind of our, our last um, segment and, and we'll just kind of quickly um, preview week two um, in our league. And so we'll kind of go through um, kind of just the matchups um, each week and then um, and then we'll look at at, um, at, at next week's uh, show and, and when we'll be recording. So uh, week two preview. Um, I know I'll be playing Breezy, so I'll be one and oh, and, and um, she's obviously one and oh. Both of us scoring, you know, almost 100 or over 150 points last week. So that should be a very entertaining game. I know um, you're playing um, Cannon, so Moose Bear against Cannon, another um, another showcase or showdown between uh, two un undefeated teams at, at one and oh. So, uh, you know, I obviously use that undefeated term very loosely, but um, another matchup between teams that are one and oh. Uh, with you and Cannon, then um, we go down the list with uh, Gron Gronky Punch play and Kill Ant, and so Gronky Punch is one and zero, and then Kill Ant is obviously zero um, and one after this week, and then uh, the next two matchups are, are you know battles between teams that are zero and one, and so teams looking for their first win, and then some teams that are going to be you know kind of staring at zero and two by the end of the season as Shy Town against um, Dolphant, and then Gage against Mile High, and so um, looks like we'll at least obviously have. Um, two less, maybe even three less undefeated teams after this week. And then we'll look at, you know, at least one or two or maybe even three other teams that might be 0-2 by the end of the season. And then so how does that kind of impact, you know, moving forward, um, how, how we do it. So, but I think there's some great matchups, uh, you know, kind of looking at it. Yep, I agree. Um, well, I've said before, we have a pretty good league and, uh, Starting out 0-2 is, uh, is not going to be uh, easy to come back from, but uh, all four of those teams that uh, are 0-1 right now that potentially could be 0-2 are, uh, are all pretty good teams. Yeah. And so 0-2 to me uh, is survivable. Uh, there's, there's still plenty of season left for any of those teams to, to come back and, and get back into the playoffs and stuff. So it'll be an interesting week to see how everything pans out. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, I think, you know, we'll, we'll kind of watch um, as the week goes on with, with injury reports and stuff too, and, and start to feel out teams. Obviously we have a big game um, tomorrow night uh, with the, the Ravens and the, and the Bengals. So real quick, maybe before we jump off here, um, you know, what, what's your prediction for uh, for tomorrow night's uh, Thursday night football game? We got the um, Ravens against um, the Bengals, and trying to look up um, who's at home that weekend. And so it's in Baltimore. So Baltimore at home, or no, I'm sorry, um, it's Cincinnati at home against Baltimore. Do you have a, a uh, maybe a preview or maybe a quick um, 
um, winner of that game tomorrow night? Well, I, uh, of course, in our first uh, podcast, I I predicted uh, Cincinnati to uh, be in the Super Bowl. You did. You uh, did. And uh, so I, I, I'm going to call a bit of an upset, uh, even though they're playing at home. I'm going to take uh, Cincinnati in a uh, 28-17 uh, win. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Um, I, I think I, I'm still just, I mean, Baltimore looked so great against the Bills. And um, I think the, the high school team that, that I had, you know, when I was maybe a junior or senior, probably could have put up a pretty good fight against that Bills team, you know, last week. So um, I don't know how much credit we can really give to the Ravens with, with that, um, with that win. And, and so um, I, I really think you're right. I, I like this Bengals team. I think the way, and obviously uh, coming from a Joe Mixon owner, um, he played great last yeah. week. Um, Andy Dalton played great. AJ Green played great. Defense played well. Um, I, I think they're definitely a, a team that was definitely on a lot of, um, you know, bounce back lists and stuff. And for you, obviously a big, big, you know, bounce back from last year. And so I think they, I think they go in there and I think they, um, I think they, they welcome the, the Ravens at home. And, um, I think you're right. I think something like a, maybe a 24, 17, um, you know, 24, 20 kind of score, um, in favor of the Bengals, um, I think is a, is a, um, a great pick, um, for That's the, a reasonable the prediction. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't have anybody playing though tomorrow night, right? I do not. Okay. No. I, I just have um, Joe Mixon for um, for the Bengals, and and he looked you know great last last week and and everything. So I'm hoping he continues it, and it, it it's obviously should be a lot a lot uh, tougher of a matchup, obviously with with the Ravens and their defense. But um, but yeah, I, I think it should be a really competitive game, and I'll be kind of excited to to watch it tomorrow night. So yeah, looks like I have. Uh, uh, all of my players, except for one, is playing uh, Sunday, yeah. and I have one playing Monday night. Okay. So, uh, I, I don't have any players going Thursday. Yeah, I, 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 I really, I don't like the Thursday game at all, um, except for just being able to watch it on a Thursday. You know, because I'm not doing anything else on a Thursday. But I really, I really don't like having any of my players on Thursday nights. I think that just it just makes for some tougher start sit decisions, tougher, you know, if you're trying to make a trade with people um, and you have a Thursday guy involved, you might as well not even try, you know, because it, you know, it has to get accepted by Wednesday morning or Tuesday night. And, and so, um, you know, unless they're studs, you know, like maybe a Joe Mixon or, or an A.J. Green, those are guys that, that are easy starts. But when you're really kind of wavering on a player and they're starting on a Thursday, that can get really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, well, like you say, it's not bad if it's one of your top guys and he scores you lots of points. Then you can kind of, you know, grin through the uh, through the weekend until until the Sunday game yeah. start. But uh, if you play somebody and he ends up, uh, you know, throwing you a goose egg or, or, or somehow becomes a dud, then you kind of live with that for, for the whole weekend. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that can be tough. Exactly. Well, perfect. Well, I think that concludes this episode of the one amigo to another 
Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, Bill, thanks again, um, as always, for joining me. I think we got so much done in this podcast, and it was fun to, to kind of chat about um, you know the waiver wire and the matchups and and the, the um, and the ghost of Ancon Bolden kind of resurrecting it himself in in the in the podcast. And I think that was a lot of fun. But uh, but yeah, I think it was just a great overall podcast with a lot of information. So I hope everybody kind of enjoys it. Yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get a lot of uh, uh, people listening in and uh, and uh, shoot us a response. Let us know how you how you felt about it, and, uh, whether you agreed with us or, or you <laughs> didn't. Uh, let's let us know uh, what you think. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was kind of the, I mean, I've loved all the other ones. I loved all the pre-draft shows and the draft recap and the and the keeper, you know, recap. And then just talking football in general has been just so much fun. And, and hopefully everybody that's, that's listening has had fun. But I think this this week was kind of the, the week that we were really looking forward to. So I kind of hope everybody enjoys us kind of talking about our league specifically. Um, and, and hopefully they have a, as obviously as much fun listening to it as we did recording it so um, but I think looking at the calendar um, I think we've kind of talked off air that we'll try to kind of record these on Wednesday nights because um, we want to kind of wait till after the waiver wire is over on Wednesday morning and then we want to try to record before the Thursday night game too so we'll try to do it on Wednesdays um, I'll do my best to, to try to post it really late on Wednesday night so if you subscribe to the podcast um, on CastBox um, hint hint which you should, um, if you're listening already, um, you'll kind of get a notification or something that that a new episode's been put on. And hey, that's a great, um, you know, if you got a long commute on a on a Thursday morning to work, or a long commute home from from work on a Thursday afternoon, or your lunch break or something, you know, we'd love to have you listen and and um, and give us a, a shout out about kind of what you feel. And and so that's kind of how we want to kind of work it. Um, and if there's any changes to that, we'll kind of let you know on the, on the podcast as well, but we'll try to record, record Wednesday, post it maybe Wednesday night, maybe really early Thursday morning. So you can kind of get, um, um, all the podcast in before the Thursday night games. And then, um, and then, yeah, I think we'll, um, obviously look to record the next show, um, next Wednesday, the September 19th, and we'll recap all of uh, our league games from week two the waiver wire and all that good stuff and it should be another great show bill sounds good yeah i had fun and, uh, yeah yeah i mean i think this is what hopefully, we can... uh, hopefully everybody uh, uh listens in and uh like nathan said if if you haven't listened in uh if you download the uh uh the hell is the name of the uh uh, Castbox, Castbox app. You can listen to all of the past shows along with the, this week's show. So, yeah, I got a lot of. Yeah, if you haven't done it already, Bill, yeah, they have a they have a lot of catching up to do because there's there's a lot of a lot of good stuff on there. I heard there's there's a an episode that there's free beer involved or something. So I don't know, but I think it's great to go back and listen to it too on the Castbox app. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, you're gonna have to listen to that to that one in order to find out uh, yeah. any news about or any rumors about free birders. That's that's true. It may just be a rumor by now, but yeah, but that's something you'll have to go and find. Yeah, so if you go on Castbox um, app and then if you just search for one amigo to another, um, 
right away that should pop up with our podcast and you subscribe to it and then every time you open up the app you'll be able to to listen to the podcast so um so yeah i think that i think that's great and that kind of concludes this um first episode maybe the first official official one of the new season and bill is a lot of fun um and and i was so glad to, to have you on and, and maybe we'll look forward to having maybe a special guest on next week or the week after that to kind of share in in um some of this fun about just talking about our league and and just the great things that um, that are going on. So, well, sounds good. I had fun too, Nathan. All right. Well, perfect. Well, thanks again, um, everybody out there, for listening to the One Amigo to Another podcast uh, for Bill Burns. I'm Nathan Tilbury, and um, we're gonna try again. I mean, I don't know if I should say it because it brought a lot of bad luck to me, but bad luck to everyone. Um, good night, Bill. Adios, amigos.